Hello, we're going to be covering chapter 17, the covenant of circumcision. Uh, so we're just continuing on from the last chapter, which was pretty short. So we'll uh, now talk about this chapter. Uh, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between you and me and will be exceedingly multiply you. So there must have been some time before the birth of Ishmael, and then the Lord came back to Abram. 13, 13 years. Yeah. Because he was 80, was he 86? Is that right? Before yeah, that. So uh, yeah. 86. Yeah. So it's 13 years. So Ishmael's 13 years old now. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, 13 years passed. And, um, Interesting. And now it says here, the Lord appeared to Abraham. Now I wonder if is that the angel of the Lord again, or is this some other way of appearing? You know what I mean? How did I guess we don't we're not really told. So no. I don't know. But it but does say appeared. I don't know if you saw him because the next verse this is Abram fell on his face and God said to him. So maybe he saw him or Yeah. Yeah, almost, or it had to be a <clears throat> seemed like it vision right you can't be sleeping if you did that yeah abram he has had kind of visions before this and yeah i think there's different ways god will uh, speak to people in the in the old testament you know yeah. sometimes in, in a vision or a dream or in different angels or the angel of the lord himself or just a voice you know just a voice uh, coming down yeah the voice must be terrifying <laughs> Uh, as for me, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of multitude of nations. No longer will your name be called Abram, but your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be with God to you and your descendants after you. All the land of Canaan where you now live as strangers, I will give to you and your descendants for an everlasting possession and I will be their God. Yeah, so the name Abraham, Av, Av is father, so Avraham means, it does mean father of a multitude. He added oh. uh, Abraham. Avram, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know the exact uh, breakdown, what it means, but it, that's just what it, it means. Abraham is father of a multitude, so Avram must mean something a little bit different. Although the first two letters, Av is, is father. The Avram name means. Ham. Yeah, Ham. Yeah, there it is. It it ends with Ham, doesn't it? Mm. I don't know if that's related to that name or not. Uh, no, it's interesting here too. He says, "I'll make your offspring will be kings. Kings shall come from you." Right? Yeah. And we, we do see that later on. So this concept of a king is there already, long before there were actually Israelite kings. You think that still applies today? Any of the kings? No, Jesus is the king. God, so, God, uh, God, kind of allows these kings to exist. The kings, uh, well, I, the the world leaders. That's God established. Like God's sovereign over everything, right? E even the uh, even the worldly. And we saw that we saw that in um, Deuter Deuteronomy thirty two verse eight, which ties into the table of nations in uh, Genesis ten. That God, after the Tower of Babel, God really kind of established all these other kingdoms, but 
kind of at a distance, he gave them over to the fallen angels and under his, but he allowed that to happen. Like he, he did that, you know, he could have, he could have controlled the whole world right then and there if he wanted to, or put it under his authority and taught everyone to be his family, but he didn't do that. He, he start, he's starting with Abraham to build his kingdom with his barren wife. So it's a, it's kind of a new creation story, really. But aren't a lot of those descendants exist right now? Yeah. They still exist. Yeah, the physical descendants. Yeah. yeah. Physical descendants of Abraham. Uh, well, Spiritual yeah, absolutely. Too. Absolutely. Well, those, yeah, they're probably, um, I guess the Jews, if they're ethnic Jews, they are from tribe of Judah, but Judah comes from Abraham, right? His grandson was Jacob, who was called, uh, whose name was changed to Israel. But what about yeah. all the people throughout the world? I mean, I don't think nobody knows what their genetic background came from. At this point, because everybody was spread out, you know, initially they were gathered from Tower of Babel, mm. then spread out. Well, there's Ish there's Ishmael. See, Ishmael is kind of like uh, Cain. You have like Cain and Abel here now, or mm. Seth. You have Cain and Seth. You have kind of the the, uh, the, the there's kind of like one continuous uh, bloodline, really, if you want to use that term, that continues from abraham down to like david and all the all the main figures in the bible they're all relate they're all descendants so you know they're all think, descendants why do you think he god blessed ishmael as a nation if he well, was kind of like the cain bloodline well cain was also uh kind of uh you know marked for protection right he was kind of ostracized but also yeah. protected at the same time so it's kind of like that it's like showing his mercy it's like um it's like, yeah, these are not really my chosen seed right here, but I'm still gonna, I'm still, I'm still sovereign over these people as well. And Ishmael, it, it says he's going to be a man of war. There's going to be a lot of conflict with his seed. You know? But also, you think it was probably because he still came. They came out of Abraham, so since he blessed Abraham, partly, yeah, yeah, partly from that, and also just mercy, mercy on the woman, on the Hagar. You know, he has mercy on these people who are in a disadvantage uh disadvantaged situ situation she was like a handmaid you know it was like offred <laughs> he had mercy he's you know he's he didn't just uh yeah i mean they're not really part of his great narrative and then you have like um what's edom and esau right you always kind of have these two two brothers almost and there's kind of like one that's kind of chosen and one's that one one's one that has kind of a different path yep that's so. gone in my family too. Um, <laughs> so then God said to Abraham, as for you and you keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you and throughout their generations, this is my covenant, what you shall keep between me and your descendants after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskins and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. So what is circumcision? Like why 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 this is a sign of the covenant, right? And we've seen a few signs already. There was a, the rainbow is a sign of the covenant, right? For the note yeah. for the and then um I think there's been a few already. Um I think this might be the fourth sign. I forget what the others are offhand. Circumcision was practiced by other people back then as well. I so that's what scholars say. They found evidence of this somehow. Maybe they found a bunch of foreskins laying somewhere in a basket, you know. But no, I think they found a lot of references, <laughs> a lot of references to it in the uh, 
you know, there's uh, there's literature from these other uh, nations, from like the Hittites and the Amorites, so whatever. You know, they, why, they why, have literature as well. Why even do this as a contract? I don't get it. Well, it could be having something to do with the seed, right? If your seed, you have this chosen seed, and you're in covenant, it means all his generations. So he's just talking about all your generations, all your descendants. And the way to make descendants is through that, right? So then it's like that that thing there, the reproductive organ is marked as oh. maybe a, as a, like a reminder. The, what's the sign of the new covenant? It's pretty you know? brutal though. Well, we have a sign of the new covenant with the, uh, it's the the bread and the wine, right? All right. But this it's is a reminder to us. It's a reminder. So these people know that they are in covenant with God. And, and so his descendants know that as well, because the, the descendants will not always be talking to god uh directly like this so it's just a, it's a way to say hey these, we are this tribe we are this people we are this is us this is who we are but the other the other nations also practice circumcision not all of them but some of them did for for different reasons i would imagine i believe the egyptians did also actually aren't they doing this to adults well yeah because well they do it to eight-year-old babies but if you didn't do it as a child then you have to do it as a as an adult the practice is really to do it very early when they're born yeah yeah but but this is it's just starting right now in the bible so they didn't they didn't do it yet this is the first time they're doing it although i think other cultures had done it before this even hmm. yeah so it's not it's not like the only you know the yeah so the, they didn't invent circumcision it's just a sign I, I, but i think the meaning of it is probably different the purpose of this every male throughout yeah. every generation that is eight days old shall be circumcised whether born in your household or bought with money from a foreigner who's not your descendant he who is born in your house and he's who is bought with your money must be circumcised my covenant shall be in your flesh as an everlasting covenant any uncircumcised male whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised shall be cut off from his people and he has broken my covenant interesting here that they can buy from some well, it's like yeah these days we would call that an employee <laughs> they were slaves yeah. yeah they had they they use the word slave all the time and they're slaves but they're basically like uh, indentured servants or they're they're like employees and they were treated well yeah but my they were treated uh, well my thought was that it was through their lineage that they were yeah 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 it's, it's but uh, it shows that they can be brought in that's true yeah so they're not bloodline descendants are they yeah. they bought they bought this this uh employee or whatever and they they bought a slave and they come in they have to do that it's almost like uh, this is sacred space yeah you know this is this is holy land here you have to to be part of this community see it's a kingdom so so part a, a kingdom has land which they don't have yet it's the promise of land in the future and then also a people so they're creating the people the it's kingdom kind of like, the, the citizens of the kingdom must be circumcised yeah it's analogy to being grafted in like the wine the uh the olive tree they're the branch but we're grafted in yeah yeah so yeah it's kind of showing the same well even yeah yeah they're being grafted in the slave the foreign born slaves are not Israel, they're not descendants of Abraham so it's yeah so so you can see it's not and really the promises to Abraham are for all of humanity yeah really all of humanity not just the Israelites that's and that's where that's why Paul had to write about that so much because the Israelites thought they were the chosen ones and everyone else was like a 
of an, an animal that they had yeah. to rule over, like Adam would rule over the animals. So 15, then God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you will not call her by Sarai, but her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and also give you a son by her. I will bless her and she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people mm. will come oh. from her. Now, this is interesting here. The mother of nations, verse 16, the mother of nations. Let me just check something here. Ah, uh, aha. Uh -huh. You know what the word there is for nations in Hebrew? No. Goyim. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that last time. Well, this, but she'll be the mother of the Goyim, then, which is the nations, right? right? Everybody in the world. Yep. So they will use the word. So Abraham is the father of the Goyim. That's <laughs> what it says. So she's basically and, birth of all nations. Yeah. I mean, like it says in English there, but the Hebrew is goyim. So, yeah. so how could you say the goyim are different and separate and, uh, you know, cursed or whatever? Um, it sounds like uh, the goyim are the ones that are not cursed, but everybody else is. Well, <laughs> in this case, it would probably, uh, well, that's the thing. Yeah, in this case, it would probably include everyone on earth, even the Israelites. Right. But the Israelites don't exist yet, right? Yeah. that's That comes later, like another hundred years or whatever it is. With the uh, with Abraham's grandson, so the, the Israelites don't exist now. It's um, they're talking about all the goyim, ethne, eth ethne in the in the Greek, ethnos. That's where we get ethnic and all that. So it's uh, usually because these days it means non-Israelite or non-Jew. You know, anyone there's there's Jews and then there's the goyim, right? Anyone who's and they're different, but it sounds like here they're all the same, and that's why Paul says that there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. Or Jew and Gentile, because here's goyim. That's the word, and they use that uh, throughout this whole chapter. The word goyim is used. Well, the and there's a, there is a different that, word for Israelite. There is a different word they could have used, but they used goyim. Well, the thing is that God said that Abraham was righteous, and he was going to have descendants as many as the stars and the dust. Yeah, and that's Sarah not talking about. Yeah, that's not physical Israel. Right. But I'm I'm thinking that perhaps all these nations are really are the blessed ones, and then that the chosen Israelites chosen for a specific purpose almost to like they were yeah yeah to be a light to in the nations way not in a blessed way. Uh, <laughs> well, that's kind of you, you, you sound like wars. Paul now. You sound like Paul now. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking like yeah no that's kind of how. Yeah, I mean, they were taken out as slaves and sinners and brought into, you know, the supposed promised land that took them forever to get there. And then all of the mosaic laws that they had to be uh, ruled under. Like, to me, that seems like they were chosen to show the opposite of the blessings of what Abraham was getting. No, uh, well, no the, well, the law was a blessing, but it became a curse because they broke yeah. the law. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't supposed to be cursed. a curse. Well, because they, yeah. Yeah. Because of sin. And it's interesting how he, he's, like, he's been talking about the covenant for many chapters now, right? I will, in his promise, it's the same, he keeps repeating these promises. And then they did that little uh, ritual between the animals cut in half. Yeah. And then they're kind of doing it this again. And then, then, and then Abraham seems to have, have uh, forgot. He seems to have forgotten about these promises or, or maybe he just did things his own way, you know? By 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 having a child with his uh, handmaid, 
But uh, yeah, maybe God didn't specify who that woman was. And also, well, and also, it does show that Abraham was not perfect. It's like the Bible always goes out of its way to to uh, to to highlight the fact that none of these people, even the patriarchs, yeah. they they were not perfect. Yep. And you I know. think that's the beauty of the whole thing, because nobody could say that, you know, even if you have faith in God, that you're trying to be like like God himself, you know, like too perfect mm. and holy when we're not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we can beat ourselves up, too. Right. It's like, oh, yeah. man, I can't believe I did that. Or, you know, I feel I lost my temper. I'm not supposed to do that. Oh, I must not. I must not be early. saved. I'm going <laughs> to hell. <laughs> <laughs> But Abraham, Abraham was declared righteous, just like in the previous chapter. Yeah. And then, and now he's like uh, sleeping with his handmaid, having a good old time. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Yep, I'll, I'll do it." <laughs> okay. So then Abraham fell on his face and laughed, and said in his heart, "Shall a child be born to a man that is a hundred years old?" So Sarah, who's ninety years old. Bear a child. Abraham, Abraham said to the Lord, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Wait, wait, wait. So I thought Abraham had faith. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? I wonder if, because it's later on now, like this is many years have gone by now from the original promise, which he believed. You know Maybe what I he's... Also found weird is that they act like they're really, really old. You know how we in in our day we think ninety years old is impossible. Yeah, they lived hundreds of years. Yeah. So why would they yeah. think they're old? That'd be like twenty. They're 20. well, well, this, these guys didn't live as long. Abraham didn't live uh, that long. He lived longer than we do, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how how old he was when he died. That was a bit old, I think, at this time, because we're past the flood era now. Yeah. This is probably like 2000 BC, I think. So maybe so maybe Abraham believed the promises like you were talking about, but he didn't, he thought that he, maybe in the back of his mind, he's assuming he's going to have descendants through a different woman than his wife. Yeah. So now, now it's like, oh, <laughs> you want me to have descendants with my wife, who is 90 years old and cannot bear it and has never has never had a child ever yeah and is not able to have child and uh and and maybe it was god who prevented her from having children up to this point and um and then he says see then he says uh oh that ishmael might live before you maybe he's saying what about ishmael he's already there why can't we just fulfill the promises through ishmael i guess that's what he's saying yeah. And God said, no, but your wife, Sarah, will bear you a son, and she will call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant with his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He will be the father of 12 princes, and I will make him a great nation but I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at this set time next year. And then he stopped talking with Abraham and God went up from him. Ishmael got blessed with 12 princes. Maybe Abraham thought that Ishmael was the kind of the chosen son, you know. And now he's being told, oh, you got to have a different son through your wife now. 
Right. And that's why he laughed. And that's why that was a surprise to him. Maybe he thought that this plan was already happening. Well, God's like, no, I'm going to do it my way. You guys did it your way. You listened to your wife and you went into the handmaid's tale. And now <laughs> you guys are doing a handmaid's tale situa situation. Now I'm going to do my way. I'm going to create yeah. a nation from a barren woman. Just like I created the world from nothing, I'm going to create a kingdom. So I guess yeah. all those old barren women have hope. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. If if you have enough faith. Well, I don't. I don't think Sarah had any faith in that. She was taken off by surprise. She also laughed. Yeah. So Abraham laughs too here, right? Right. And, and it's, I think this is the first one, right? A Abraham laughed first, and but then Dad Sarah mentioned that he was kind of talking more with like Sarah, oh, like you laughed, but yeah. Abraham, uh, and, and that's kind of the way we are. Like we think we know how the world works and what's possible and what's not possible, but God can do miracles that we cannot do. So we don't believe they can happen because we cannot do them. Can do God can do what we cannot do. I've had one friend. She used to say to me, "Well, if you don't have a womb, God, you can't produce children." And I said, "Well, if God could change that, if He wanted to, but." They can't even conceive that thought. Could he? Like, if you surgically don't have the parts mm. to have babies anymore, is it even possible? In earthly terms, probably no. But I guess God yeah, could it would, do that. God could do that, yeah. I mean, God can uh, raise people from the dead or uh, yeah. do all kinds of stuff, you know. So, uh, yeah, God could do that if he wanted to. Um, yep. But it doesn't, mean that, it doesn't mean that he will. You know, there's a lot of these healers, right? And in, in the church I go to, they're kind of big into like laying hands on people and trying to heal them and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I have I have some you know physical pain and stuff, and uh, you know I haven't really tried it necessarily. Um, but it, you know I don't think everyone's healed who tries that method. You know what I mean? Um, well, it's up to God. I, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, although you know you see Jesus healing lots of people, that was one of the main things he did was heal people. People. And, yeah, uh, but he was doing it directly because he's God. So yeah, so yeah. in the book of Acts, um, the same power or whatever that like Jesus was able to do, God said that like, whatever I'm able to do, you're able to do more. And yet yeah. we find yeah. like all of that kind of trailed off after the book of Acts, where, you know, like the, even with the apostles when they were walking around, some of them got healed just from the shadow of one of the apostles walking yeah. by. If we really had like the faith and act of God in all of us, or maybe only a few, then why isn't that possible now? Like, why can't we miraculously heal? And well, I think it does happen. It does happen. Yeah. I think it does happen. At uh, maybe it's lack of faith. Maybe maybe the spirit though. came. Maybe the spirit came uh, like really strong at first. Like when you read the about in the in the New Testament, it seems like everyone was in this kind of uh, yeah euphoria, this amazing state of euphoria. Yeah, there was like a euphoria going. Maybe that's just how it started because it had to be clear. Like this is what's happening now. Right. You know, something has changed, and there's this kind of euphoric uh, atmosphere going on, and people uh, really felt like they knew like the Holy Spirit was in them. So isn't that possible today without I think it is it is it is it is it's just it's maybe uh not as it's not as dramatic and not as obvious now although sometimes it is I think uh, I mean there's a lot of these churches that that they go healing people and 
some of them are fraudulent, but maybe some yeah. of them are real, you know, maybe, maybe I'll try it. I'll see if they can heal me at the, uh, yeah, well, maybe it's know. lack of faith, you know, I mean, uh, maybe well, I don't, I don't have think it faith. requires your faith. I think it requires the person who's doing it to <laughs> be connected to God, you know, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's both. I, th I think that I think because you like by your faith, you were healed, right? Yeah. I think it does. It does require the person's both? faith to be healed. Yeah. Yeah, you have faith, so that your faith healed you. Like he actually says stuff. Well, like then that. go get healed by your church members. Yeah, they seem to believe it. I'm see, I'm I'm a bit skeptical when it comes to uh, not about God, but when it when it comes to God working through people, because I'm skeptical of people, right? Yeah, so I think, oh, but you know, they he also can't, made you know. us intercessors on others' behalf. You can yeah. free stuff. You you prayed for my situation and that broke. It's not completed yet, but it's still on its way. Yeah. So it happens. Prayer, yeah, that prayer does. Uh, yeah, amazing miracles do still happen. And, well, I think uh, God likes to answer prayers, and whoever has faith in the in the gifts to use them and connected with God, I think all of that stuff is all possible today. And I think that, and I noticed this in my own life, like the more difficult, the more tribulation we have, or the more suffering yeah. or the more problems we have, then our faith increases to meet that problem. You know right. what I mean? So in that sense, uh, maybe, maybe we will uh, experience certain, you know, miracles or things in our own lives these days, as things get kind of worse for us here on earth, there's more and more and more uh, tribu tribulation. Maybe we will increase our faith, will increase and uh, will experience. I think that's already um, started. Amazing things. So, yeah. Because yeah. all those people that trusted God over the last three years, uh, I know God provided for all of them, especially like, you know, when you lost your job, you're still here. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, there was, I was provided for and in un unexpected ways, you know, right. that's the thing. And, um, and yeah, so I, I th and I think that's what revelation is about. I think that's kind of the purpose of the book of revelation, not to tell us exactly what's going to happen and when or for how yeah. long, but to encourage us to have faith during the, the uh, short time of uh, tribulation. Yeah. Um, and so I think we're living in that moment right now. So it's an opportunity. And the book of James, right? Consider it a joy when you face tribulation. Yeah. Which I, I don't at first. At first, I don't like it. You know, at first, I complain and uh, whine well, it about sucks. it. But <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Mean, like, this sucks. I don't like tribulation. <laughs> it sucks. But then it's like consider it a joy, <laughs> so that you will whatever it says. You know, you'll uh, you'll you'll be perfect and complete. You'll you'll build build a character. You'll. Uh, perseverance all that stuff right uh -huh. it does it does make us grow it for it puts us out of our comfort zone and forces us to to increase our faith and to to really uh experience god in a better way because if life was just easy we wouldn't really be that motivated to uh you nope. know to seek and god so much those right? people around me that We'll never know God like that because everything is given and handed to them. Yeah, so, our culture, our culture just wants can they want everything to be easy, don't they? I think actually, yeah, you're you know, it's true that you have to experience discomfort now and then to kind of see the character of God. You know, it's like if yeah. you have everything you could possibly want, one, they never appreciate what they have. 
and they always want more, but then they just think they can do it all themselves anyway. Like, it's not like, you know, it's human nature right there. Yeah. Yeah. But you ever, you know, listen to Noah Harari, like all his stuff that he says. (laughs) Oh man. I mean, God, he's like, it is one of his best (laughs) lines that I was like, wow. He says, you know what? We can create water. We can create all the systems for whatever we need. We don't need God for that. So like, really it's like that's how they think there's a lot of verses about people like that in the bible and uh, things don't end well for them no find out the hard way vessels of wrath as paul would say vessels of wrath there's vessels of uh what is it salvation or something yeah there's there's vessels they're they're destined for wrath the wrath of god so well, I would actually like to see it happen. It will. It, it will. We may or may not see it, but it, it vengeance is mine, said the Lord, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's finish off the Abraham. Uh, then Abraham took Ishmael and his son and all that were born in his house. And then they were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's household and the circumcised the flesh of their foreskins the very same day as God had said to him, they took Ishmael, his son. They circumcised so now everybody. Ishmael is circumcised, right? That's yeah. What it okay. And everybody in that house. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. His son, Ishmael, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. Abraham and Ishmael were circumcised on the same day. All the men in, born in Abraham's household were brought from foreigners were circumcised with him. So this was like the day where he and all his household got circumcised. Yeah, and he's ninety nine. So this is like uh, well, at, at the end of the at the end of chapter sixteen, he was eighty six. Yeah. So this is at least thirteen years after the covenant was cut through that uh, ritual with the uh, dead animals. Plus, he's um, really old to get circumcised now. How come that well, happened? Well, he didn't know about it before that. Or maybe, you know, uh, maybe other people were doing it, but he, uh, you know, like I said, the uh, the other nations did this kind of thing. Um, yeah. But he just didn't do it. But, but now he's told to do it, so he does it by God. But um, so it's like, well, that's the thing is he had faith. So he was declared righteous through faith, but it was many years later that he actually got circumcised. So right? that must mean his works. So that must mean because it's a covenant, a new covenant with God. Then, right? Covenant exists already. This is a sign of the, this is a reminder that so they don't forget that they're in covenant with God. This is a reminder. It's like a sign, right? Just like we do this uh, bread and wine thing on a yeah. regular basis. You know, or the Sabbath is every week, or you know, all these kind of things are like so we so we're living in this covenant. So what um, would have happened if he didn't do this? He would be kicked out. It says it says anyone who doesn't do this is not in covenant with me because this is a sign. This is like this is kind of an obedience side of the equation, isn't it? Right. If right. you have faith, then you continue. You walk out that faith. Um, and in this situation, he's literally telling them to get circumcised. So that's like, oh, God's telling us to get circumcised, so we'd better do that because we have faith. So even though he was faithful and righteous, there was a possibility that he would not have made it into the kingdom if he didn't do this. 
It sounds like it. Yeah, that's what it says. Then, I mean, would that be analogous to like people who say, "Yes, I believe in God and in baptism in a way." Like if if they didn't do that, if mm. they didn't do the following baptism? step. Huh? You mean if 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 people who don't get baptized? So yeah, the baptism is often uh, compared with circumcision as a sign of the new covenant or something like that, right? Yeah, so, isn't that kind of a covenant then, right? Well then, well then, then people use that to justify infant baptism because because okay. circumcision happened when you're eight years old, right? And those children did not decide to get circumcised, just like me, right? Yeah. So so what does that mean if? Uh, a child was circumcised at eight years old. They didn't didn't choose to enter into that covenant by with that sign. They were eight years old. They didn't know what was going on, and then so people will say, "Well, see, they circumcised babies at eight years old, so we're going to baptize babies when yeah, they're babies, and they don't the know what's going on." Born again covenant really implies uh, your mental state too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I asked the church I go to, they, they they said they do not do infant baptism. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense to do that. If you're <laughs> part of it. Some people believe it does. You don't think like I don't. babies who got baptized turned out to be wicked and rejected God when they grew up? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so it wouldn't make any sense to do it if you don't actually consent to it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that, but not everyone does, you know. I mean, yeah. uh, it's well, it's funny, you know. I mean, I was I was uh, we had a, this men's meeting last weekend, and you know, it's just a, like fifteen guys, and we had lunch and stuff. We're talking, and I just, you know, this guy, I kind of casually mentioned to this guy I was talking to that I don't believe in the uh, pre-trib rapture. Yeah, and that that just set him off, man. <laughs> the guy just went crazy on me. Wow. <laughs> No, there are, and they you know, like he he has the truth. He know yeah. he has the the truth, and it, the truth includes a pre-trib rapture. And I don't know what I'm talking about, and whatever you know, it was just like I was like, "Whoa, dude!" <laughs> I guess this is a you know touchy subject. Oh, it is. There's two <laughs> camps for sure, and it all depends which camp you belong to. So you know about I the tribulation, pre-trib yeah. and post-trib. You mean? Oh yeah. my God! There's persecution. It seems like it. In one of the camps. and then there's there's like uh, I think there's three camps or at least with the millennium, the yeah. millennial reign and all that stuff. And <laughs> you know I I know what camp I'm in. You know, and it's like, but that's the thing is that we have to be a little bit humble, right? And say, hey, this is one view. This is my view. It you know we I don't think anyone knows exactly what's going to happen. We think we do. No. That's that's why I mean this guy and he was like the thing is when people get angry. If you if you have a different view, that kind of shows. Oh, they're know, probably it, not but, in the covenant then. Well, I don't know what I, it, he must have some issues or something, but uh, it's just. But that, that's, no, there are that's, many of them who get very very angry if you disagree with them. Well, so, it's like I, I why can't I believe what I believe based on yeah. what I see in the Bible? And you know, I don't get angry at him for believing that. He can believe that. That's fine. That's his. Yeah, right, I even you know? listen to the pre-tribbers and see what yeah. they come up with and how. Just so maybe, you know, I'm wrong and maybe we'll be out of here. I hope so. I, I think it is the most common view, but but I absolutely do not believe in that view at all. Yeah, because the Bible doesn't uh, mention it like that. And it's always talking about yeah, it's war not in the Bible. against the saints. So it started in uh, 1830. Against, yeah. It started in 1830. That's when that view started. I think, well, the preachers did it because it sounded good. You know, the doctors <laughs> kind of thing. 
I worry about that. I worry that, yeah, I I worry they're going to lose their faith. You know, that's what's, that's what's going to happen as soon as they realize they have to go through it. And, you know, where everything's shut down and they're being haunted, then you got to imagine how hard that would be. Like, why are we still here? And, and then actually seeing death everywhere. We don't see that right now, even at the worst war. Well, there is, there is a lot, I guess. uh, In fact, this guy was telling me, he's saying like more, there's more Christian martyrs now than ever. We just yeah. don't hear about it as much, and it's around the world, you know, in all these other countries for the most part. Right. But they they shut down the churches, you know, in 2020, right? And that oh, freaked yeah. out. You know, I have uh, the guy who baptized me. You know, he he's actually a, a pre-tribber and a uh, dispensationalist. You know, like a lot of these guys who grew up in the church and who were missionaries and all this stuff, the churches their whole life, they are completely sold into this dispensationalist pre-trib rapture you know and and all that stuff and they're never coming out of that you know what i mean so we just don't talk about that you know (laughs) but other but he's Um, a good christian like he's a great uh christian uh mentor even for me just on in terms of daily life that kind of stuff right and um knows a lot about a lot of stuff and has a lot of experience but he's definitely a pre-trib rapture guy and um you know, I, th- I think some of them were kind of wake up and realize what's going on. But um, well, anyway. more importantly, I think the people, the Christians or believers are they're connected to God directly that are able to hear yeah. God in some way. I mean, they're not they're going to follow God regardless of what people tell them. You know, like I think even if there's room for different interpretations in the Bible, ultimately the Holy Spirit has to lead you in and out of these troubles that we go through. But so, for him, or for him, like when they shut down the churches, that freaked him out. That was like the thing that really um, kind of woke well, him I, up to what was really going on. You know, he yeah. was like, "I can't believe they shut down the churches, man. This is, you know." And <laughs> he then he realized, and and he did not take the uh, the, the prescribed uh, magic potions, you know. Well, it shocked me, too, when all the churches shut down. I thought that would have been the opportunity of a lifetime for all of them to preach the word of God and say no. You know, like no should have shut down voluntarily because they followed the protocols of the government. Yeah. See, I think Paul is talking there about just normal laws like don't murder people like most of the laws on a daily basis they are they do agree with god's laws right in terms of treating your neighbor fairly and all that stuff don't steal so so we we don't have a a theocracy necessarily like they did in the days of moses but we have a we have so god uses the governments to kind of you know maintain a bit of order on earth with their laws and stuff but when the laws become wicked and go against the laws of god then at that point, we do not obey. Obviously, we don't obey the government at all times. Paul was in jail many, many times. Right? Yeah, if Paul was obeying time. the government, why was he in jail so much? He's the guy right. who wrote that letter. Well, is <laughs> any time a government or a person tries to usurp the power of God, and like yeah. when they act as if they're taking the God's role, then that, I think, is always when God mm. steps in and says, no. Well, yeah. Well, I think God uses them as as uh, judgment as well. Yeah. Like God used the Babylonians to punish Israel, right? I think God will also use because He does ultimately He has power over that that very powerful force of which is government and military. God can direct what happens with those. Uh, but it's kind of like two storylines in one, like the story yeah. 
Nebuchadnezzar, yes, he was usurping God and wanting to be the king where everybody mm. had to bow down. But that doesn't mean that he got to do what he wanted. So the faithful had to yeah. rise up. Daniel and his friends rose up. So God protected them into the furnace, right? So that was in one storyline, the faith of person who followed mm. God versus the other storyline who tried to usurp God, which be would be our government today too. But they also yeah. got punished. So like what yeah, happened exactly. yeah. Nebuchadnezzar after that? Didn't he lose his kingdom and went crazy? Yeah, 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 yeah. But so, yeah, it's both. God uses them to punish Israel, the disobedient Israelites. Yeah. And in that case, Daniel was tested. He, they, those guys were pretty obedient. They, they were tested. You um, have to be dang tested to go into a hot furnace because those yeah, yeah, the soldiers, yeah. they burned up before they even could get. So, yeah. I mean, how much faith? I mean, I don't even I don't even think I have that. So like, yeah, I'll take me into the fire and let me see if that'll work well, out. Well, we have to lose our fear of death. See, it's death. The fear of death is how Satan controls people. Yeah. Or the fear of death, you know? I mean, that's what we just lived through that. It's the fear of death that ultimately uh, makes people kind of do things they wouldn't normally do. So we have to lose that fear of death. And if we have eternal life, then why do we fear death? Yeah, in some ways it's a fear of death, but in other ways just a gruesome act itself. Fear of pain. Yeah, well, yeah, being thrown into hot oil or furnace or whatever, you know, like that part is not, it doesn't register with your brain at all. Like this being is being hung on a cross, being yeah. crucified. Yeah. Right. I mean, Jesus went through that, right? Yeah. So he faced the pain, not only death, but pain and torture and humiliation, everything, like all the social, uh, he was completely ostracized socially. Yeah. He was rejected. Because so much we we always want approval, right? We want people to right. like us, or we want to fit in, or whatever. Jesus was totally, he was like the uh, just totally an out an outcast who was humiliated and died a horrible death. And um, yeah. and I think you know it sounds like a lot of Christians will go through a similar thing in the great uh, oh, the great so. tribulation. Maybe not all of. Them. I don't know if it's going to be all of them or not, but. Uh, so what yeah, do you think man. of the when people and preachers say, well, God wouldn't let that happen to his bride to beat her up and then say, yeah. Look what has happened. Look what has happened. What happened to the uh, the apostles? Yeah, they all died. They were all time. martyred. They were all martyred and killed. Look at uh, Stephen in the book of Acts. Look at um, Look at the prophets. They killed all the prophets. And the yeah, Old Testament prophets were killed. Look what happened to Jesus. Look what happened to Paul or all these guys. Look what happened to the uh, Justin Martyr thrown to the lions. Yeah. I think that's just uh, the evidence I mean, testimony that the world I is mean, that's, and wicked. We're, we're clearly told that we're going to suffer in this world. Because it's what's happening is there's two ages overlap. What's the wheat and the tares together? Uh -huh. See, when you have a garden, usually you pull up the, the, the tares, the, which are the weeds, you, you get rid of them right away, and then you only have the wheat or the the the, the yeah. plants, right? right? But but we live in this age now where it's both wheat and tares in the same garden at the same time. the The tares are not being plucked away right now. They're they're together with the wheat and the tares together, and the harvest is at the end of the age. That's when the tares are thrown into the fire. So the garden's pretty ugly then. Yeah, we're in in the tares are hostile to the wheat. Yeah. 
They're evil. Okay. We must suffer as Christians as a result of the age, the overlapping ages that we're in. And so the real hope of a Christian is the future, the future eternal life, not so much in this world. No. So that's why all these prosperity gospel kind of preachers are uh, not really preaching from the Bible. They're, they become... Uh, motivational speakers or self-help they were always motivational speakers that's what i found with most of them whether they're wealthy preachers or not they're motivational speakers and i think they have taken the route of making earth their kingdom instead of the heaven yeah it's like a business i mean they have a they're running a business essentially right they have to get that money and they, they have bills to pay to be fair you know but they're uh they're pre- what happens is they're preaching the message the world wants to hear yeah. instead of what the world needs to hear. We'll follow along with persecution if they did, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but that's the, that's the story that it's around Jesus's time frame where God was with them, even showing them, healing them, miracles, giving them stuff, and then they still, as a crowd, said, "Crucify him." <laughs> yeah, he was not popular at all with the religious authorities at the time. None of them. I think I, I don't not know. Not only the religious one ones, but the normal everyday people that were walking around. Well, he had followers. He did have people following following him around. Yeah, they like did. The, the, the normal people, the 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 kind of the poor people, really. The the average a lot of people followed him around yeah. and liked they liked him. Yeah, they were separated to, you know, and they were crying for him. But the, the group uh, yeah. When uh, I don't know who asked him, the group it was a pilot or somebody else. But didn't he ask the group, "What shall I do with him?" Kill him. Also, those people. Well, those yeah, yeah. those were yeah, those were yeah, certain. But there were a lot of them. Of it wasn't like a few. You know, it was like yeah. That. But he also yeah. had like thousands of people would come to hear him preach yeah. and stuff. Um, but a lot of them thought he was some kind of uh, exorcist or a, you yeah. know, a healer. Um, they didn't quite understand who he really was. You know what I mean? Well, that's yeah. still true today. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, what it's a little, uh, yeah. came in our lifetime versus, you know, because with the media and everything that you can expose, everybody can well, see. Well, we're going to, we're going to have a, you know, the antichrist is a, in the Greek, it says pseudo Christ. Yeah. Pseudo Christ and uh pseudo prophet. And so we have kind of an un, like they say in Revelation, it's like a an imitation of the Holy Trinity. It's the unholy Trinity, the 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 dragon, the beast, the false prophet, these kind of things. And um, and they're pseudo Christ, a pseudo Messiah, false Messiah, who who is going to act like God? That's two Thessalonians, in fact. Yeah. So it's it's not necessarily going someone going to proclaim he's God or say he's God, but he's going to at least act like God, and people will obey and have faith in that person. So I think I think a lot of end time stuff is maybe a little bit more subtle, different than what a lot of people are going to expect uh, to happen. People who think they know exactly what's going to happen might miss what's happening. Yeah, you know? well, I think whatever it started already. It started a long time ago, but I think in phases yeah. it wraps it up. It, yeah, it kind of uh, it intensifies. Yeah, and there'll be a. It's like the Lord of the Rings. There'll be the final. Mm-hmm battle <laughs> yeah what a great movie that is yeah i was trying to find that movie and i can't figure out oh it's great it's long but in the ring is kind of like human sin it's there's yeah. a lot of biblical parallels you know it's um uh, it's pretty amazing i was but, trying um, to find it on netflix or tubi and nobody has it so mm. i'll keep searching okay talk to All you right. soon